Blog Talk Radio. You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend, request me, or follow me, and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Welcome to the program. Today is March 16, 2022. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. Today we're going to be continuing reading Chapter 6 of how to be, uh, well, it's how to qualify for the celestial kingdom today. But the seminar, if you want to look it up, is how to become one with Christ. And somebody on Amazon is selling one copy of the tapes, which are probably pretty old, (laughs) 
but they're $60 for a used book. Uh, so it's got 24 tapes, I think. Anyway, uh, Becoming One with Christ, and then somebody else is selling this book. There's two available copies that I could find on Amazon. So it's pretty hard to find. They're not selling them anymore. I'm pretty sure James uh, passed away. Uh, if not, he's uh, he's he's in his uh, late 80s or early 90s. So anyway, um, but it's just you know it's good stuff. So anyway, Emmett, are you there? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Where's mom? I don't know. Probably at the store. I I called her right before the show. And I'm like, where are you at? Uh, she's shopping. I'm like, Kim, the radio show starts at 6 p.m. Oh, I forgot. Like, really? Thanks, Kim. At least Emma's home and he can read. Because I can't read and drive. All I can do is give commentary. I did pre-record more of the uh, part four of the Revelations today, which is about 30 minutes long, but we're going to listen to that after we do the daily teachings. So, uh, today's service day for my truck. And truck was in the shop, and I was putting stuff in my truck. And I was listening to uh, Ben Shapiro on his Sunday special where he interviewed Bill Maher. And uh, <laughs> one of the mechanics says, uh, what are you listening to, NPR? I don't know all he said, but I was like, no, I'm listening to Ben Shapiro. He said something about Republicans or something, and I was like, I like him. I like Ben Shapiro. And uh, he says, and all of the mechanics are standing there. He says, uh, so you like podcasts, huh? I was like, yeah. He says, I heard there's this really good podcast you should listen to between the hours of 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I was like, shut the hell up. <laughs> like, give me crap about my podcast. Oh, cat's out of the bag at work. I don't like to mix politics, religion, and work. Uh, I've lost jobs in the past over my political and theological views and my own personal spiritual religious beliefs. Like, so I just, I try to like just keep them separate. And, uh, well, eh, cat's out of the bag. So the other day, I was having a bad day on Monday. And, uh, and I, Kim knew, you know, cause I, some guy said something, just got under my skin. You know, because I was responding to some woman, and he was trying to tell me what I was telling her. And I was like, that's not what I said. And he's all, uh, that's not up for debate. And I'm like, how is it not up for debate that I'm telling you what I meant by what I said, and you're twisting it out of context? I didn't respond to him. I just, It just pissed me off because he's stupid admins, they think that, you know, they don't ask, what did you mean by that? They just go off the rails and tell you what you meant by that. And I'm like, that's not what I meant. Anyway, so I was irritated. Uh, that was on Sunday night. 
and I was irritated when I got home, and I was irritated about that and some other things when I woke up, and um, and I kind of was irritated on the show, you know, and I had four drivers during the show get on the CB radio and ask me if I was okay. There was four different guys from my company and from other companies asked me if I was okay. Now, according, like anything that I would have, uh, you know, said to them was I was just my normal self, you know. Like there's no reason for them to ask me that unless they were listening to the show. So, guys, if you're listening to the show, thank you for asking me if I was okay. Um, Actually, when the mechanics said what they said and I said what I said, they all laughed. And that just put a smile on my face. You know, I'm pretty sure they're not interested in my theology, you know, and I hope that they will realize that I am a very safe driver. I try to do my best to get as many loads as I can. I even speed in certain places just to try to make up time so I can get back on time for my co-driver. But there's certain places I won't speed that the other drivers speed. And they speed all the time. And I just won't do it. In fact, I'm on the, one of the roads that I won't speed on right now. Because uh, I have not had a ticket. I had two tickets for speeding in 1999. I was going up and down over Highway 30 through Iowa, through the rolling hills there. And I let the truck get uh, up to 62 and a 55, and I got a ticket for that. And then uh, I was coming out of Michigan into Indiana, and I think it's on I-94 one time, and there was this long line of trucks, and I was passing them. Speed limit was 60. And uh, when I got into to Indiana, I should have slowed down to 55. But I didn't see the sign, and I wasn't paying attention, and I was doing 62 again in a 60 which, well, it wasn't 60 anymore. The speed limit changed to 55, and I got a ticket for that, and that was in 2000. And since then, I have not had a ticket. Um, I have not had a ticket in my personal vehicle other than uh, accidentally lapsing insurance. That was an accident, though. I just I wasn't paying attention, you know, because I was an over-the-road truck driver at the time, and I forgot that there was a bill, and I forgot to pay it, and yeah, so I had to deal with that. That was that was a long time ago. Anyway, but I've never had an MSHA ticket. I've never had a DOT ticket, you know. Um, I tr- I take my job very seriously. In fact, I study the laws. Uh, I listen to podcasts a lot, and. Um, I listen to podcasts about trucking and trucking laws and all kinds of different stuff. But um, I try to be, you know, as law-abiding of a person as I can. You know, and yeah, I do speed some in some places, but nothing like the other guys, which irritates me because, like, they can get more loads than I can get. And I I know that they get more loads because I talk to them. And uh, I really don't know how in the world I'm supposed to get more loads than I can get 
without doing what they do, you know, and, um, and, you know, it, it hurts my bottom line. Like if I, I get anxiety, uh, when I, when I, stop. I just, I don't know why it's just, I'm like a very black and white person where I see everything in black and white. It's either good or it's bad. And that's one of the reasons why I have such a problem with the LDS church with all of the doctrines that they've changed over the years. And then them, them trying to say that they are, uh, you know, the only one in true church. And like I expose, expose things and I uh, reveal things from church history and documents. Um, about the changes in the theology, and I, I totally 100% believe in old school Mormonism, and I believe in it because I've studied it, because I've also gotten revelation on many different subjects, and I've been given a lot of information by God through revelations and visions and dreams, and so you know I just I just want people to know you know, that what they're doing in the church where they've turned the church into a money-making profit motivation, you know, and they are not being obedient to the commandments that God has given them for the redemption of Zion. I have a huge problem with that. So that's why I do these radio programs. But also, I want people to know that God exists and that God lives and that he does have standards, but he forgives also. But um, I want people to know the doctrines of the Restoration, not through the lens of corporate Mormonism, but through the lens of history and through the theology revealed to the prophet and taught by him. And so that's why I do these radio programs. Now, we're not reading any Ogden Kraut books right now, but it's usually Ogden Kraut that I, I read from. But now we're reading from James B. Cox or Jim Cox, which, like I've said, I was a friend of his down in St. George um, back in 2003 to 2006 when I worked for Barney Trucking down there. And um, I, I've been, I, I uh, you know, I found the seminars and stuff at Deseret Book in 2000, I think it was 1999, I think, is when I found his stuff. And I've been, I've worn out the cassettes. I've worn out the CDs. I've worn out the DVDs. Just listening to these things over and over and over again, trying to change my life for the better and trying to be obedient to God and to um, having a more spiritual mindset uh, to try to fix myself. Because I came from a very, very abusive relationship as a child and with my parents. My dad was a drug addict and he was institutionalized in a psychiatric uh, place because uh, he was so strung out on drugs. You know, when I was three, my mom finally left him and then she married another man when I was six and she divorced him when I was 12 because of how abusive he got. And um, I, it threw me into a tailspin as a teenager, uh, very anti-God, very anti-everything. I was goth. And um, it was in 1996 that I met the missionaries and got a revelation about Joseph Smith and about the Book of Mormon. 
and about God that changed my life. And even though I knew the things that I knew, if I had the experiences, it still took a long time for me to get over who I was before. And, you know, even to this point, I still um, am really rough around the edges, you know. Uh, my son can tell you that I swear, you know. Um, I, uh, I'm i honest, though. But, like, I don't have a problem with swearing. One of the problems I have with the LDS church um, is that they have made swearing into some kind of, like, sin, right? Well, one of the things that Jesus had a problem with the Jews is that they would take things, cultural things, and they would um, they would try to say that those cultural things that had nothing to do with God or the revelations that um, that those things were sinful, and Jesus intentionally of these Jews and these Pharisees and Sadducees um, because they were not part of God's commandments, but they were traditions that the Jews made into God's commandments because they thought they had the right to do that, you know. And then there's just a ton of lies and stuff in the Old Testament and the New Testament from the translators that have perverted Christianity. And so, like, when Jesus was on the earth, you know, he used to say things that were extremely offensive to the Jews, just does. Put it in their face, you know. And uh, I would consider that uh, a form of swearing. He didn't have the words that we have today, but he had other ways of getting under the skin of these religious hypocrites that would uh, that would take things and they would say, "Oh, you're breaking the laws of God," when they were never even mentioned or that things have been twisted out of context because uh, in ignorant individuals who interpret scripture by their own knowledge will twist something out of context and they'll say that, you know, that that's a, that's a law of God and uh, it's not. So anyway, um, so I'm not perfect, not even close. I don't know why God has given me so much information like, I look at other individuals who are more pious and, and knowledgeable, and I wonder why in the world God would choose somebody like me, a truck driver raised by military parents uh, and grandparents. I mean, my grandmother and my grandfather were mar Marines and Navy, and on the other side, my grandma was Air Force. My other grandpa was in the Army. He served in World War II, Vietnam, and Korea. And then my stepdad was Navy, who, uh, who became Air Force. And his dad was a drill instructor. So, I mean, I come from a milita uh, very military background. And just the fact that I'm a truck driver and I hang around all of these heathens all the time that I enjoy. I, I feel more comfortable with them sometimes than I do with uh, churchy people. I love churchy people, but I don't know. I just, I am very religious. I very, I'm very spiritual, but at the same time, 
I'm really rough around the edges. You know, it's been years since I've been in a fight, but I, I in my lifetime have been in literally hundreds of fights, knock down, blow out. And I learned a long time ago that if I, when I was in high school, I was a, uh, a wrestler in high school. So I knew how to take people down and pin them, you know, and, uh, and deal some blows to them. If I would let them up, they would just get up and try to keep fighting me. So I got to the point where my job, if I was attacked, was to put them down in a way that they could not get back up again so I could get away. And that's just who I am. And I don't know how to change that. I don't know if God wants me to change it. He's the one that chose me to teach these things. And I know that he loves me. And I know that even though I have faults, um, because of my patriarchal blessing, the fact that he told me that I have been given the greatest gift that God has to bestow, the gift of eternal life, and then that was in 97 when I got that. And then in 2003, I saw him face to face in the flesh and I embraced him and I talked with him and, and talked with Jesus and I saw him as well in the flesh, you know, and I was always like, why in the world would you choose somebody like me to have these grand, miraculous, over the top spiritual experiences? And he said, it's not because of who you are in this life, it's because of who you were. And I know that God forgives me for my weaknesses and that he, um, you know, that my calling elections made sure and I don't have to worry about losing that unless I murder somebody or something and that'll never happen uh, unless I am defending myself against uh, an attacker, which, you know, does happen because I don't, I don't want to, I, I throw up every time I get into a fight. My whole body shakes because I hate it so much. But I'm going to defend myself. And the abuse that I received as a child, as a man, I'm not going to allow people to abuse me physically. Again, you know. You. Emmett, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Am I muted? You were muted. I can hear you now. Okay, so like I okay. said, tonight we're going to be uh, reading Chapter 6 of How to Qualify for the Celestial Kingdom Today. Uh, what is the title of the chapter? I can't remember. Um, it is not on that page. Um, the Three Dimensions of Man. Okay. All right, well, I guess we'll just go over the uh, pages and when you get to the end of a page finish whatever the sentence is and if I have anything to say I will comment on it and uh, it's only I can't remember how many pages it is but it's not that long of a chapter but it's longer than the one that we read yesterday so I'll mute myself and um I'll do something I haven't done for a while. I'm going to dedicate the program, and then after I get done dedicating the program, I'll let you uh, start the reading. So, uh, By the way, I usually, since I'm driving at this time, um, I will pre-record the pro- programs when I can, 
but I actually don't want to pre-record these because I want my wife to read this book with me, and she was excited about reading it. And um, I don't know where she is right now, but hopefully she takes time to listen to this later. But because uh, I want her to understand things too, and she understands things at a very deep level. But uh, these things are good for me to review, and I think they're good for everybody to learn and to review. So, all right, I'll dedicate the program at this time. Oh, God, the Eternal Father, we come to thee in the name of thine only begotten Son, Yeshua, our Messiah, who the Gentiles call Jesus Christ. We thank thee, Father, for the technology to be able to study these things out with uh, my family, friends, loved ones, and those who uh, are thy children throughout the earth. As these words sprinkle the nations, I pray that those who listen to these words will gain spiritual insights or be reminded of things to help them to become one with Christ, that we all might be tools in thine hand for the redemption of Zion. We love thee, Father, and we ask for thy blessings to be upon us as we go through setting these principles out. And I say these things in the name of Messiah. Amen. All right, Emmett, go ahead. Amen. Okay. Um, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> Man has three integrated dimensions to his being. These are intellectual, physical, and spiritual. We must keep these in proper balance if we wish to, to develop God's love in our lives. Man's intelligence is that part of him which has always existed. It was not created, nor can it be. It is free to act and function within the sphere in which Heavenly Father has placed it. Intelligence is light and truth. DNC uh, 93, 29 to 30. This dimension of man is free to choose good or evil. And each person is accountable for his choices. Helaman chapter 14, verses 30 to 31. This is the dimension that allows him to choose how he will feel, think, and act. For the power is them wherein they are agents unto themselves. D&C, uh, section 58, uh, verse 28. Man's spiritual dimension consists of man's intelligence clothed with the, a spiritual body. God is the father of our spirits and so created them. Hebrews uh Chapter 12, verse 9, Numbers chapter 16, verse 22, and Numbers chapter 27, verse 16. This is the dimension of man that experiences deep feelings of love, tenderness, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Uh, we're on the next page, page 62. Anything to say, Dad? Nope, but I am going to bring Kim up because she did call in. Mom, Hello, hi, Kim. this. Kim. Yeah, I said hi. Hello, can you hear me? No? Oh, yes. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, oh, hi, where are you at? Um, leaving Christ. Okay. All right, well, yeah. uh, I'm reading. 
you weren't on the program. So it'll be loud. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. The um, kids are yeah, kind I'll of just... like all over the place. So I have to mute myself. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'll mute myself too. Go ahead, Emma. I just heard Aria shout chicken nuggets. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, continuing on. <laughs> just like his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it was funny. <laughs> okay. This dimension is nourished and grows through giving of itself through love. But it shrivels and atrophies through taking through selfishness, selfishness, hatred, and contention. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. When one was born into earth life, his intelligence, clothed with a spiritual body, is integrated with a physical body into a unified functioning system. The physical body has needs that must be provided for it in order for it to maintain itself. Such things as food, rest, exercise, warmth, and warmth are necessary to its existence. Those physical needs, along with other associated appetites, passions, and desires, can become exaggerated until they dominate the whole system, weakening and even destroying the intellectual and the spiritual. This is what happens to people who are enslaved by their passions once, lusting out of control for things such as money, sex, food, and drugs or material possessions. But when a person meets the normal needs of the physical uh, in a normal balanced ways, his physical dimension provides pleasure and satisfaction. Hold on, my phone, I need to plug it in. Okay, continuing on. <clears throat> the physical body is meant to be controlled by the spiritual. Physical appetites, passions, and desires are meant to work in harmony with that strengths and the strengths of the spirit. Both body and spirit are subject to the directing independent power of the spirit. Oh, that there was supposed to be a comma there. Um, big, like, subtitle. Dynamics of man's three dimensions. Uh, man needs food, exercise, rest, warmth, love, protection, and experience for his growth and well-being. The three dimensions of man provide these necessities. However, if one dimension is not allowed to function properly, then the basic needs of man are not satisfied and some type of disorder sets in. If the physical body is not fed, exercised, protected, and given proper rest, the whole man cannot function and will eventually die, even though he may be meditating spiritually 24 hours a day. If a person provides for his physical body at the expense of his spiritual body, his deep spiritual needs for love, goodness, kindness, tenderness, or acceptance will be neglected and he will shrivel up and die. Or, no, they will be neglected and shrivel up and die. A spiritual deficiency develops within him, which he tries to meet through further physical action. But of course, the physical body cannot satisfy spiritual needs. The body can only feel spiritually the pure love of Christ when it is in harmony with its spiritual dimension. As the intelligence of man keeps the proper balance between spiritual and physical, great growth, happiness, and peace prevails. And that is page 60, or 62. Now we're on 63. Anything to say? Nope. You're doing a good job. Okay. Good. 
continuing on. <clears throat> a modern prophet has said, there is another part of us, not so tangible, but quite as real as our physical body. This intangible part of us is described as mind, emotion, intellect, temperament, and many other things. Very seldom is it described as spiritual. But there is a spirit in man. To ignore it is to ignore reality. There are spiritual disorders too and spiritual diseases that can cause intense sufferings. The body and the spirit of man are bound together. Often, very often, when there are disorders, it is very difficult to tell which is which. There are basic rules of physical health that have to do with rest, nourishment, exercise, and with abstaining from those things which damage the body. Those who violate the rules one day pay for their foolishness. There are also rules of spiritual health, uh, simple rules that cannot be ignored, for if they are, we will reap sorrow by and by. All of us experience some tempor temporary physical sickness. All of us now and again may be spiritually ill as well. Too many of us, however, are chronically spiritually sick. We don't need to stay, or to stay that way. We can learn to avoid spiritual infections and maintain good spiritual health. Even though we have a, a serious physical ailment, we can be spiritually healthy. <laughs> uh, and there's one of those, uh, what are they called? Like a footnote? And it says, Boyd K. Packer, Conference Report, October 1977, page 89. Um, and that is the end of page 63 on to page 64. Emmett, just read. Don't yep. worry about me. I'm on the mine road. It's going to be breaking up. Okay, got it. Uh, continuing on then. 64. The spiritual body needs to feel the pure love of Christ in order to grow and develop fully. As spiritual needs are met, one is better able to control and meet the needs of the physical body. By feeling the pure love of Christ, the individual will be better able to sense and express deep feelings of others. He will be able to feel deep respect for himself. He will be able to better handle rejection from others, as well as failure world. A married couple who has all three dimensions in order will experience their love for each other through a sexual union, which will be an expression of reverence, respect, and unity from deep within themselves. In contrast, if their physical appetites, passions, and desires dominate, and the spiritual aspects of their relationships are neglected, then their sexual union becomes a talking or a taking experience instead of a giving one, and the deep human needs in each person has will go unmet. Has will go unmet. In time, unable or unwilling to repair their spiritual dimensions, these frustrated, unhappy people may seek to satisfy these deep unmet needs with others outside of their marriage. They seek for happiness in doing, iniqu doing iniquity, which sing is contrary to the nature of that righteousness which is in our great and eternal head. Uh, Helaman. Chapter 13, verse 20, or 38, verse 38. The physical body alone cannot fill the deep spiritual needs for understanding, love, tenderness, and affectionate companionship. Without the spiritual dimension, a person cannot fully experience love and acceptance for others or for himself, let alone for a heavenly father. 
On the other hand, however, as one develops his spiritual feelings, he draws closer to the Holy Ghost. That member of the Godhead is assigned to help him grow spiritually, to subdue the lusts and wants of the flesh, and to, to develop, magnify, and purify all of the natural passions and affections. The gift of the Holy Spirit adapts itself to all of these organs or attributes. It quickens all the intellectual faculties, increases, enlarges, expands, and purifies all of the natural passions and affections, and adapts them by the gift of wisdom to their lawful use. That's the end of page 4 on to page 65. I'm going to keep reading. It inspires, develops, cultivates, and matures all the fine-toned sympathies, joys, tastes, kindred feelings, and affections of our nature. It inspires virtue, kindness, goodness, tenderness, gentleness, and charity. It develops beauty of person, form, and features. It tends to health, vigor, animation, and social feeling. It develops and invigorates all the faculties of the physical and intellectual man. It strengthens, invigorates, and gives tone to the nerves or to the nerves. In short, it is, as it were, marrow to the bone, joy to the heart, light to the eyes, music to the ears, and life to the whole being. And there's uh, another footnote: Parley P. Pratt, Key to the Science of Theology, George Q. Cannon and Sons Company, or 1891, page 101 and 102. Or it's PT. I don't know what that is. Um, when man neglects the spiritual dimension, he cuts off that part of himself which can experience and share love and joy and peace. Sadly enough, he also cuts off that part of himself that can communicate with God, can feel God's love, and can be sensitive to his own deep feelings for himself. Hold on, I got a cough. Okay, uh, continuing on. He becomes alone, separated from God, others, and even himself. This alienation occurs through spiritual neglect, or by treating oneself in ways contrary to one's true nature. When God recognizes, or no, when one recognizes his true nature, or, ugh, I'm trying to read this and I keep reading the line next. When one recognizes his true worth as a son or daughter of God, born and reared in the courts of glory by heavenly parents, then he will act in ways that match his true identity, and these actions will facilitate growth and development of all three of his dimensions. But when one acts contrary to that real identity, he becomes alienated from others and from himself. This brings about frustration, anxiety, conflict, and eventually physical, spiritual, and intellectual sicknesses. For example, if a person stimulates his physical appetites, passions, and desires through pornography, he is acting contrary to his real identity. His actions are offensive to his spiritual development. As he participates more and more in pornographic things, his spiritual dimension atrophies, and his need for love, tenderness, and close relationships with others becomes magnified. Soon, a great gnawing deficiency exists within himself. Now we're on page 66. Though he tries with all his physical strength and endurance to satisfy this great deficiency, he will be unsuccessful. Man can feel love close to his caring only through his spiritual dimension. 
It is only through the spiritual dimension that one feels love for others or for self or for God. How can we know this is so? Because those who experience and develop this spiritual dimension are the ones who give to se- or give of self to others, even when they are rejected, put down, or made fun of. I remember as stake president receiving a call one afternoon from a Melchizedek priesthood holder. I could tell by his voice that his business was urgent. <clears throat> Quickly, I, re- or I reorganized my appointments for the afternoon and hurried over to the church. There his brother slowly unfolded a long tale of involvement and participation in various sexual sins. Massage parlors, R-rated and X-rated movies, pornographic activity, masturbation. It was evident as we talked about his attitudes and feelings that he couldn't feel love within himself. He didn't feel Heavenly Father's love, nor the love of his wife and children, nor his quorum's love, though they were all there in abundance. <clears throat> oh, I have a bad cough. A church court is a cleansing process and not a condemning process. And as he progressed through this experience, through the steps of repentance, I noticed changes occurring. First, the appetites, passions, and desires of the flesh that had controlled him previously became weaker. He now wanted to do spiritual things to help others. He wanted to do what was good and right. He wanted to stay away from those places which had tempted him previously. Next, I noticed that he began to feel the love of his wife and children, and he was able to give them his love in return. Before he had been depressed, alone, and frustrated, and had walked in spiritual darkness, or, and he had walked in spiritual darkness. But now he felt love, joy, and happiness. Now he walked in spiritual light. Before he had been controlled by his physical appetites, passions, and desires, now his spiritual self was in control. One of the inescapable results of overstimulating the desires of the flesh is a weakening of the spiritual uh, sensitives, creating a greater need to be loved and accepted. Those who sincerely repent and come into, spirit, into the spiritual light seem to be able to meet this need for love. But those who choose to remain in spiritual darkness inevitably try and fill their deficiencies through further physical activity. And though they achieve a temporary l- relief of some sort, they never reach a point where they can truly love themselves or others unconditionally. They cannot achieve charity. Their minds are so centered on their own needs they cannot give of themselves for others. Therefore, they cannot grow spiritually. But as man focuses his entire being, heart, mind, and strength on God and his realm, spiritual growth takes place, which expands his capacity for charity. He is able to feel greater love for God, for others, and for himself. As one's spirituality increases, he is able to see events in the temporal world through spiritual eyes. Adversity has new meaning. He receives increased energy to endure, flowers, trees, mountains. People all contribute to increase his love for God. By his own choice, he has chosen to keep all dimensions of his being in harmony and unified. And that is actually the end of chapter 6. Anyone have anything to say now? Okay. You uh, hear me now? I hear you. Hi. I, I'm up at the mine. So um, there's more to, well, I don't know how to put this in here, but um, there are things that we have been taking into our bodies 
that calcify the pineal gland. Uh, fluoride is one of the biggest ones, and that is actually a toxic substance that you can... How are you doing, <laughs> I'm all right. Anyway, um, it, it uh, calcifies the pineal gland so that people um, have a decreased reception of spiritual activity. And I was actually lucky. A lot of the times when I was growing up, I lived with my grandparents because of all the turmoil in my household. And we lived up on the Continental Divide in a little town called Spencer, Idaho. It had about 30 people in it. It was 14 miles from the Montana border, which is the Continental Divide. So all of the water that we got actually came from deep water wells, pure water. And I wasn't poisoned with all of this crap. And then my my grandmother also made a lot of stuff from scratch, not a lot of processed food. So I was actually lucky not to have to worry about the calcification of the pineal gland when I was younger. Now, I think that I do have some calcification of the pineal gland today because we live in an area and I've lived in areas and I've been trucking around areas that uses a lot of fluoridation in the water and then a lot of other poison stuff in the GMO foods that we eat and the processed foods. So um, one of the ways that you can uh, decalcify the pineal gland is by taking borax supplements. Now, if you want to know more about that, on Monday nights we have a Zoom call called The Doctrine of Christ, and you can find that at doctrineofchrist.com and then join meeting and then go down where it says join Monday night meeting. And after the teaching is over, where Phil Davis... Thank you. Anyway, um, he can t- he can answer your questions more specifically than I can about using borax to de- decalcify the pineal gland. So I won't get too much into that, um, but I've heard Kevin Kraut talk about it too, and you can find him by going to ogdenkraut.com and then finding the uh, the phone number for Pioneer Press. And just calling him uh, or calling one of his wives, and she can probably give you the information, or one of his wives can give you the information to get in contact with him, and he can tell you more about decalcification of the pineal gland. Anyway, so that's all I had for, you know, today. Thank you for reading, Emmett. Um, Kim, did you have anything that you wanted to say before we get into the pre-recorded stuff that I did earlier today? No, I didn't have anything to add. Um, I was thinking the same thing you were about the uh, fluoride when you were talking about it. So, yep. Oh, by the way, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8822. And there is a chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And Emma, keep an eye on that so that if anybody does uh, have any questions or comments, they can, uh, or you can read them to me and I will respond to them. 
Um, also, during the pre-recorded portion of the program, which is about to take place, um, if you call in, uh, you don't have to be live on air. You have any questions? You have any questions? Oh my God! I he already told him what his number was. Anyway, I bet the mind. Lots of talking. Anyway, so if you have any questions uh, during the pre-recorded portion of the program, uh, call in 917-889-8827. You can ask me off the air, and I'm available for any questions or comments on theology uh, or history or any of that fun stuff. So, uh, Oh, Kim, are you there? Yep. So I was at the shop today, and I was listening to um, a podcast by Ben Shapiro interviewing Bill Maher, and one of the mechanics, he said, what are you listening to, NPR? And I was like, no, I'm listening to Ben Shapiro, and he said something about Republicans, something or other, and I was like, I like Ben Shapiro, and he said, you know, you like podcasts, and I said, yeah, he said, you know, there's this really good podcast between the hours of 6 to 8 p.m. And I said, shut the hell up. And anyway, all the mechanics laughed. So pretty much the cat is out of the bag with me doing podcasts and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that, that is pretty yeah. funny. I, you know, I don't like to mix my work with theology or re, uh, religion or um, politics. Uh, just because, you know, people get pissed off at me, and then I've lost jobs in the past over the whole thing, you know. But uh, they were just razzing me a little bit. So anyway, oh, and the other day, on Monday, you know how I was having a bad day? Kim? Yep. So I had four separate drivers ask me if I was okay that day. I think people are listening to my program. Not, well, that's nice not that only they, from the, yeah, they were concerned that because they, you could tell I was having a bad day, and they don't ever ask me how I'm doing like that, you know. But they were like concerned, and I was like, at the first two, I was like, what do they know? <laughs> and then by the time the by the time the fourth one came along and he's like, are you doing okay today? You You know, I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Anyway, so they listen. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you don't think I'm so crazy. I know everybody (laughs) thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. Only a little bit. Can I ask you, like, crazy people that are committed, they don't have healthy families or farms or have three million miles under the belt with no accidents and no tickets. You know, like my, the fruits of my life don't, don't reveal that I'm crazy, you know, other than the fact that I tell you that I've had these spiritual experiences. And then everybody's like, Oh, you're out of your mind. You know? So I'm like, whatever, but I live a normal life. You know, and Kim can testify to that. 
Hold yeah, on, we're semi-normal. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of normal, sometimes normal. I think we're just doing like what Nine ground coming down. You know? Next will be 661. Raising our kids, doing the best that we know how, and trying to help them to, you know, love God and, teach you know, love each principles. other and be supportive. Yeah. You know, teach them the correct principles. That's right. Yep. So, yeah. And teach them how to work and not be lazy. Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, um, Emmett, can you play Revelation Part 4 on the studio? Do you have the studio up? Yeah, hold on. Part 4? Yes. Okay, got it. And then uh, after this, uh, we'll take questions or comments all live on the air if you do call in. And like I said, if you call in during this next 30 minutes, I can talk to you off the air. So, all right, I'll mute myself. Go ahead, Emma. Part four of Modern Day Revelations. A pure and holy people. And thus he did suffer exceedingly, even as mine only begotten did suffer because of the weakness of the children of men. And it repented Noah that God had made man to walk upon the earth, even in mine own image. And thus did I, the Father, send in the flood upon them that the inheritance of mine anointed should be preserved, and the promises might be fulfilled which had been made unto them, that through his seed mine only begotten should be born. And this would not have been possible had the curse of Cain taken effect upon all the inhabitants of the earth. And thus the earth would have become lost forever had not the flood come upon the land. And I, the Lord God, did suffer that, a curse, that the curse of Cain should be preserved in the land through him and his wife Egyptus, that they were of the of the eight who were saved by water, even in the ark, where they saved along with Shem, who is Melchizedek, and Japheth, and the other son of Noah, and their wives. And the ark even now resteth, saith the Lord, upon the top of the mountain, which is known as Ararat, even unto this day, as recorded in the writings of Josephus, my servant. In the land known as Armenia, saith the Lord. And the land of Egypt taketh its name from the wife of Ham. For the pharaohs were descended from Ham, and the land thereof did lie under water. And the pharaohs, saith the Lord, did copy that form of government which is known as patriarchal, and would fain claim the priesthood through him by, uh, by Noah. And thus was the curse preserved in the land, and shall not re be removed by mine authority. But I shall continue until the end of the world, saith the Lord God of Israel, my chosen from before the foundation of the world. And I, the Lord God, did reserve the land of Africa for the seed of Ham, and their posterity forever. 
and it is not right that the chosen seed mix with Ham or the Gentiles, nor should Ham mix with Japheth, the Gentiles, saith the Lord. For this purpose did I, the Lord God, place the barrier of color to separate Shem, my chosen through whom the promise, promises and the blessings made unto the fathers were preserved. And it is that a skin of blackness was placed upon him and his seed, which thing hath always followed them who be apostates from the holy priesthood after the order of the Son of God. And this mark hath been upon them in all ages of the world, saith the Lord, that my people who are of the house of Israel should not desire them to mix with their to mix their seed with them, that they and their children should be a pure and holy people unto me forever, undefiled. Man's puny arm. For I, the Lord God, am the author of the races. And who is it, saith the Lord, that stretcheth forth his puny arm to alter the decrees of the Most High, which were made from before the foundation of the world? For it was that the spirits of men were segregated according to their valiance and also intelligence in race and grades, and that teaching that all men are the same is an abomination in my sight, saith the Lord. For ye, even ye, O man, who dare raise up thy head in ignorance of my power in these things, yea, even my sovereignty over the nations, shall be grounded to powder when it is that more than twelve legions of my little ones shall reap down the earth, O man and O woman, whose hearts bleed for Cain, the first murderer. Yea, for ye shall be consumed at that day which shall burn as an oven. For as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For it is that my decree shall not be abrogated nor done away with by the weak and ignoble and ignorant of the children of men who have no voice, saith the Lord. And my word which I have spoken in this day shall uh, in this day by my servants shall not return unto me void, saith the Lord of the races of men. So I actually really don't like this topic at all, but this is what God's thoughts are on this subject. And I think we need to get over it. You know, it doesn't mean that we're rude to anyone. It doesn't mean that we're mean. But if this is God's will and this is God's thoughts and he understands why he did this thing, then... I have to accept it, even though I don't like it. Anyway, continuing on. Them who call themselves saints. And now concerning them who call themselves saints of the Most High, did I not speak unto my servant that cursed is he that relieth upon the arm of flesh or that maketh flesh his arm? How is it, O Israel, that ye cannot hear when I, the Lord, your God, speak unto thee out of the mouth, or out of, out of the heavens? Did not my servant Joseph, and also Brigham, speak unto them who comprised my saints, 
saith the Lord that they depend upon the prophet, that if they de- I'm sorry, um, that they depended on the prophet and did not seek unto me for themselves, hence their minds were darkened, and this because of the neglect of the things which were delegated unto them. For it, saith the Lord, is appointed unto every tub, that it shall stand upon its own bottom, saith the Lord. Yea, ye know not that mine anointed is but a man, and that even Moses required his arms to be supported in the weight thereof. And did not my servant Moses exclaim, Would to God that all of Israel were prophets? And did he not pray unto me that I, the Lord God, should grant unto my servant that they should also prophesy and share the burden? And did I, the Lord, not place my spirit also upon them? And this was not my servant Moses, who was in the simil- and was not my servant Moses, who was in the similitude of mine only begotten, not comforted in these things? And how much greater was my servant Moses than, than them who ye sustain as your presidents? Have I not spoken and said time after time that he that is commanded in all things is a slothful and unwise servant? The Lord hath a mighty and strong one. O ye wicked and perverse and stiff-necked generations who are full of the lies and iniquity, Full of lies and iniquity, saith the Lord. Your refuge of lies in the which ye cover yourselves and say unto this people who are, who seeth us or who knoweth us shall be swept away by a tempest of hell and a destroying storm which shall sweep away the lies and the waters shall sweep away even your refuge, saith the Lord. For the Lord God hath a mighty and strong one, even as I, the Lord God, did speak through the mouth of Isaiah, my servant, who is even now with me. For upon his gaze, saith the Lord, did burst a vision of the futurity in the which he did see that Ephraim, even Ephraim, should be gathered out of the nations upon the head of the fat valleys. And verily this prophecy contained in the 28th chapter with the 28th chapter of Isaiah there is fulfilled in your ears. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Or whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? For by his knowledge shall my righteous servant save many, saith the Lord God. Even them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast, even Sarai. And did I not reveal unto my servant Joseph that that which contradicts a former revelation is false, even though it be from an angel of heaven? And how much greater is an angel of uh, heaven than than them who ye sustain as your presidencies, saith the Lord? them which are false prophets. For behold, my servant seeth the prophets, I'm sorry, 
For behold, my servants, the prophets, see in part and know in part. But mine angels, saith the Lord, see face to face, and thereby know much that is true, for they behold my glory. And them which are false prophets see not at all, but divine lies. And behold, saith the Lord, how is it that ye, that ye in your hearts do worship them, when it, when it was that John the Beloved would fain have worshipped my messenger on the Isle of Patmos, was forbidden, even though his voice shook the ground upon which he stood, and the brightness of his appearing was beyond all med- imagination. And did I, the Lord, not speak through the mouth of my servant Joseph, that I, the Lord God, would send one mighty and strong even unto thee, O Israel? And did not the knowledge thereof, even mighty, even the might of my spirit, cause the bones of my servant to quake from the power thereof? And did it not cause even his mighty frame to quake? Yea, from the glory of my power, saith the Lord, President of the Church. Well, that man who was called of God and appointed, even the president of my church, saith the Lord, yea, even him who did unrighteous contrary to my will, who did stretch forth his hand to steady the ark of God, did I, the Lord God, not speak that he should be smitten by the shaft of death, even or as by the vivid shaft of lightning? And did I, the Lord God, not smite him? And I did. And did I, the Lord God, not put my, put the life of thy president, even Spencer W. Kimball, who is the son of perdition, saith the Lord God of Israel, into the hands of him whom I, the Lord God, have reserved and given unto him power, even the scepter thereof, even of David. For he is a descendant partly of David and also of Ephraim, as is spoken by Isaiah, and thus the keys of the priesthood are his by lineage, and by right saith the Lord God of the whole earth. And did not my servant the rod not plead unto me for his life, that this in fear and trembling before me of my by power into the destruction both of spirit and body, which he did behold was the fate thereof, that his life, even that false prophet, be spared. My second born. And thus that which is recorded in the 85th section of that known as the Doctrine and Covenants, is it not fulfilled in your ears, saith the Lord? And these things, despite the reverence which ye have for your president, saith the Lord God. For I am no respecter of persons, saith the Lord. And because ye, O ye Latter-day Saints, hold men's persons in admiration because of advantage of these things, yea, even ye, ye, even ye, saith the Lord, shall be smitten from generation to generation. If you if you reject him whom I have sent unto thee, O Zion, my second born at this time. One shall stand to judge Ephraim. 
For did I, the Lord, not send mine only begotten unto the Jews, saith the Lord, that he did not reject him? And did they not reject him who was appointed, mine firstborn, by me, saith the Father? And did they not have their high priest also, even as ye, O Ephraim? For it is that mine only begotten, and that one mighty and strong, have they not been twin brethren from before the foundation of the world, saith the Lord of the whole earth? And it is that one shall stand to judge Ephraim and one Judah, and they are one with me, my two witnesses from before the foundation of the world, saith the Father. And which is greater? For out of the mouth of two of these two witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord God, who is the Father of both heaven and earth. And thus it is that the one mighty and strong should be sent unto thee, that ye be tested even in these things, as the Jews by mine only begotten, to prove you, saith the Lord, whether you will be obedient unto me through my spirit, saith the Lord, for it is that no man knoweth my will, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. O ye Ephraim, for it was that ye, O Ephraim, were scattered among the nations of the Gentiles, when it was that I, the Father of heaven and of earth, did send mine only begotten unto them, and I, the Father, am no respecter of persons, even in the great test. And thus it is that the one mighty and strong should come unto thee, that ye be tested even in these things to prove you, saith the Lord, whether ye will make the same mistakes of them of old, or whether ye would be obedient unto me through my spirit, saith the Lord. In all things whatsoever I, the Lord God, should command you. For is it that ye are different than the Jews, O Ephraim, for unto thee belongeth the birthright, even of Jacob, mine chosen, even from before the foundation of the world was it given unto thee, O Israel, that ye, that ye should come forth and prove yourselves even at this time as did the Jews, as did the Jews there. And did not I, the Lord God, Speak through the mouth of my servant Joseph that many would be hoisted in power within my church who have broken the new and everlasting covenant at this time and these things because of the money and the worldly learning which they seem to be in possession of. And thus the devil, is he not transformed into an angel of light even in these things? And doth he... He, the devil, not transformed his ministers into ministers of righteousness, the scepter which he doth hold. For it was that my servant Joseph Smith and Brigham Young prophesied these things that they should come uh, they should come to pass, and that one mighty and strong, and that he should come to set in order the church by the power of the scepter which he doth hold in his hand even the keys of the apostleship, which he doth hold for his generation as Peter at the gate, doth he hold judgment for this generation. 
And ye shall be redeemed by power in as in days of old, even as Enoch and Moses, when I, the Lord God, shall speak through his mouth in that day, saith the Lord. And ye shall receive him, saith the Lord, or ye shall be damned and cut off from first to last as the Jews. For he is also a tried and precious stone, also rejected by the builders, as was mine only begotten, who is now with me, saith the Father. And thus it is that my friends, saith the Lord, have been cast out from among thy midst, as anciently, O Israel. And did I, the Lord God, not reveal unto my servants Joseph, Heber, and John, talking about John Taylor, that the sons of Cain shall not have right unto my the priest unto the priesthood nor their generations until after that which is known as the millennium among men. Therefore, by this key, saith the Lord, the devil may, may be detected, even though he should appear unto thee as an angel of light. And how much less, saith the Lord, are your presidencies than an angel of light? And how much less are they than Brigham, Heber, and John Taylor? Yea, thus saith the Lord, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle shall pass away from the law till all be fulfilled. Yea, thus saith the Lord, Have all things been fulfilled? Behold, I say unto you, Nay. For has the millennium, even the thousand years of peace, peace, hath it passed, or hath it been fulfilled? I, the Lord thy God, who make the heavens and the earth, and set them in their proper frame and orbit, say unto you, O man, Nay. Hath the earth received her resurrection and her final reward? I say unto thee, O man, who walketh about in the darkness, in darkness at noonday, nay, have all the sons and daughters of Adam received of the blessings which shall be theirs? I say unto thee, O man, nay. For it is not until all these things, even that which hath been spoken by the mouths of my servants the prophets, be fulfilled, that the sons of Cain, the first murderer, shall receive of the blessings of the priesthood by the Son Son of God, and then shall they be resurrected to receive of that which hath been appointed unto them from before the foundation of the world. For the blood of the righteous, uh, blood of righteous Abel did cry up unto me, even in these things. And it is because of unbelief that this great wickedness hath come among you, even at this time. Whosoever shall therefore break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so to do, he shall be least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Those ye sustain. 
And how much greater, saith the Lord, is my servant than those whom ye sustain as your presidencies? For the keys even of the kingdom of God hath been taken even from them and given to him who shall do my will. And my belief and believe in my words and my works from before the foundation of the world, saith the Lord God of Israel. They've been given even unto my servants, or, I'm sorry, even unto my servant have they been given that they may prove unto you, O man, that I, the Lord thy God, am the same yesterday, today, and forever. For saith the Lord, there is no agency except their own wicked hearts of unbelief in your prophets at all. But they, even they, are as wool and stone. Therefore it is, O Israel, that for this idolatry that ye shall be cut off from under the heavens, if it so be that ye continue on in stubbornness and rebellion of the rebellion of your hearts. Raise not your heel against mine anointed. Raise not your heel against mine anointed. Therefore mock not, for all shall be consumed at that day, that he who fights against Zion shall be damned and burned. Therefore beware that ye raise not your heel against mine anointed, and judge no longer after appearances. For do I the for do I not cover the heavens with sackcloth and make the rivers dry up, that the fish stink, that ye may know of my power? And I will prove them and see who is acquainted with my voice, for my voice is my spirit. And whosoever hearkeneth unto the voice of my spirit... These are they who inherit celestial glory with me, saith the Lord. And all those who are not acquainted with my voice are not of me. And I will prove them, saith the Lord, and I will prove them, whether they shall be obedient unto whatsoever thing I shall command them. And how shall I command except by my voice, saith the Lord. And again I say that the voice is my spirit. So, uh, the second witness of the Father, the one mighty and strong, is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost come in the flesh. So I think that's what he's talking about here. Therefore, whosoever is unacquainted with my spirit, how shall they obtain the knowledge wherein that they may know how that they should act according to my will? or as is commonly spoken of, work. For if they be not acquainted with my voice, then their works are not according to the commandments given through the power of my voice, and every man shall be judged according to his works, that thereby they will be accounted accounted of for their thoughts, their hearts, and their outward acts of, of the flesh, and from these things they shall be given their respective opportunities and blessings and cursings in the eternities to come. But woe be unto the disobedient, 
for where I am they cannot come, saith the Lord. Therefore, give heed concerning yourselves, for even so will I judge you when you shall come into the presence of mine anointed to be evaluated and judged for the deeds of the flesh, whether in the heart or manifested outwardly. Thereby, O ye hypocrites and liars, ye shall be found out. Therefore, woe, woe be unto those who are found to be thus. For shall they escape my awful wrath in that day, saith the Lord? Nay, but they shall be destroyed, saith the, saith the Lord, that their esteeming of sacred things as a thing of naught shall, no shall no more come up unto me as the abominations of, of the past, which abominations caused mine anger to be kindled against the inhabitants of the whole world. For will I that the earth be polluted any more by them? Nay, or saith the Lord, nay, for I will cleanse the earth by fire in that day that I may discover their iniquities no more. And the earth in this day shall be made as a paradise for them that remain. Even so, I have said it by the mouth of my servant in whom I am well pleased. And surely his words also shall come to pass, for by the mouth of my servant, or by mine own mouth, saith the Lord God, is or it is the same. Therefore, beware how thou holdest the oracles of God. Even so, amen. So the oracles of God are not men, but when God gives a prophecy, a, a revelation, a thus saith the word revelation to a prophet to disseminate among the people, the words that the prophet were, was given, that's the oracle of God. That's what that means. It's not a man on the earth. These leaders that proclaim to be the oracles of God have no understanding. The children of Moses were made to wander and wander in the wilderness for forty years, which was one generation. So four gen. Oh well, I guess that's the end of the. Uh, that part of the revelation and I was just adding this other thing to myself uh, but, uh, sorry. I was just adding that other thing um, as part of this whole thing that I just I took it off of uh, a place that I had it to save it and these are notes that I had but um I guess I'll get into that in the next part. Thank you for listening. Okay, all that was um, the Moses and the generation of Moses and the Israelites was I was talking about Doctrine and Covenants, section 124, where uh, Jesus tells them to build the temple where the Father can come and restore the fullness of the priesthood. And... Um, 
he tells them, you know, if you don't do what I say, you'll be rejected as a church with their dead, which I've explained many times in the past that the church was rejected and Brigham Young was not the Lord's anointed. Um, although he was a servant, he was a servant. He did what needed to be done to get the saints out of hostile territory. Uh, but there was a curse that went along with their disobedience in Nauvoo. And because they were taking the dedicated, consecrated wood that they were com- was coming down from Wisconsin for the specific use of building the temple, they were using that wood to build Masonic lodges and uh, Masonic temples. Uh, and Brigham Young was using it to build the second wing of his mansion. You know, just a whole bunch of other things that that they did in dragging their feet, um, Jesus told them, anyone who hinders this work will be cursed to the third and fourth generation. Well, one generation of Moses in the wilderness is 40 years. So four generations would be 160 years. And Lyman White gave a talk before Joseph Smith died in 1843 telling the same that they had been rejected, that the prophecy was fulfilled for the rejection of the church. And Joseph Smith did not correct him because he knew. He knew the saints were dragging their feet, and he knew that they were rejected. Um, Well, 160 years later, that's when I had my experience with the Father and the Son, and I saw them face to face. So uh, the dispensation, uh, the heavens were opened, uh, began to be opened at that time and um, even before that because God was showing me things and giving me revelations and visions like I said my first major one was in 1995 so um, I'm on wash plant Kim did you have anything to say about anything that about anything at all Kim Kim. Emmett. Hi, hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm on Wash Plant. I'm currently going about 25 miles an hour. I will be up there as soon as I can. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. I I was trying to respond to you, but we are reading um, also in Esther the third chapter today because of the um, Purim. Purim. Yes. Yeah, so yes. we've been trying to read it, um, the King James Version, so that way it's not skewed, and um, just reading the accounts, and then we're, we've been pulling apart into, and just deciphering what exactly was it that was going on, and um, we're doing that with all the kids, well, not Emmett, because he's doing the radio show. So the girls and I have been um, reading about it, um, we haven't gotten to the deception part. I'm right outside of it. I'm right at the house. Um, uh, I didn't know that. So, so, so real quick. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. The, in, uh, in section 124, Jesus tells them if they will build the temple that he will begin to reveal revelations to the church. Um, more so. Like, and it's all for the redemption of Zion. And uh, in the promises made if they're obedient, he said that he would restore the times and seasons. Well, in Hebrew, it's the Moedim, the Moedim. 
So there are holy days of Jehovah that God wants us to observe. Uh, holy days like Passover or Pesach, Shavuot, or the you know the Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, Yom Kippur, the Coat. These holy days are in the Torah, and they're given to the Israelites for a perpetual observance. Like he did not do away with them. And in Devarim or Deuteronomy says, um, do not add to or take away from the laws of this book. So there are things that we as a people, uh, we treat them lightly. And part of the condemnation in 1832 in Kirtland was that they treated the former revelations lightly. And he's talking about these things, which God still expects us to observe. Now, Purim is one of the memorial days. It's like Hanukkah. It's a memorial day. And they are very important for the Israelites to observe. And we are supposed to be Israelites. We are supposed to be observing and keeping these holy days and observing these memorial days. Purim is important because if it was not for um, Esther, the Jews would have been annihilated because of Haman. But God preserved the, the Israelites and, uh, and didn't allow this thing that Haman wanted to do to dis- destroy all of these Jews, like, like Hitler and Nazi Germany. Like, this thing's been going on for a long time where Satan tries to destroy the Israelite people. And God put a kibosh on Haman's plans. And if it wasn't for that, then the priesthood and uh, and even Jesus, his you know, these are his descendants. They would have been destroyed. And God preserved them. And it, it, it was because of the preserving of these people that we had the line uh, that um, the grand, grandparents and great-grandparents and whatnot of, Yeshua, who we call Jesus Christ. So these things are really important. But the Gentile church doesn't observe them. They don't even hardly know about them. And because they treat these things lightly and they treat the other revelations of God lightly, there is a condemnation on the church that we are still in. So, um, yeah, so we try to learn these things and observe these things. And we are part of a group of people that is called the Zarahemla Foundation, where we learn these things. And uh, Melissa and uh, Charlotte and Joshua Erickson, they host these things in their home in Lehigh, Utah. And it's uh, kind of a non-denominational thing. You know, anybody, Christian or Mormon or fundamentalist, can, uh, can partake of the learning uh, and observe these things with us, you know. So, anyway, so, yeah, um, Purim is coming up. And uh, these things are important to know about. So, um, Tim, did uh, you want to you wanna say anything more about Purim? Um, just that a lot of times it's really hard, um, I think, for me, um, with kids to try to help them understand and learn um, about these holy days and about the holidays and 
stuff when they've been so long gone and done away with or skewed or interpreted differently and um it's just really hard you know to do that and so i just try to do my best i know a lot of other parents and people who um you know are trying to get back with you know the way that christ would have had it they want to get and do the right thing but there's so many different interpretations and it's confusing so it's hard and as a parent um we want to do the right thing we're trying to do the right thing but it's hard when other people have changed um you know the histories and the traditions because uh, Rome hijacked early Christianity, they did away with a lot of things and make it made it illegal, illegal to observe these things, which kind of asked us to, you know. But Jesus himself, he observed these holidays, these holy days that we call it. We should call them holy days because that's exactly what they are. He observed the festival of light and dedication, which is Hanukkah. He observed Purim. You know, these are all part of what he did in his life as an example of what we as Israelites are supposed to be observing as well, you know. So, anyway, yeah, so we try to uh, to learn about them and observe that. Yeah. Um, And that has to be, I suppose, in whichever way that we get revelation to do because. Um, where it has been so skewed and done away with, then we're trying to think, you know, how do we honor this and help our children to remember so that it is not skewed or changed um, in the histories and so that we remember, um, you know, sorry, Emmett's grabbing a bag of feet. Um, (laughs) So that we can remember, you know, and so our kids and our children can remember. So we try to make it fun, just like a holiday, but we also try to make it um, real so that they can understand that this is something that happened. This is why it is that we celebrate this time um, right now. And so um, so what we've been doing right now is we, the beginning part in the – sorry, Arius, what are you doing? You are getting out. Emma is getting you right now. Um, okay, that was short-lived because Emmett opened the door and now he stopped having a panic of attack. Okay. Anyway, um, so for the beginning part, um, what I tried to do, I tried to do this last time as well, is we let the girls, um, all, um, purify. And, you know, we do purify anyways because, you know, let's face it, we date our kids. And, um, so we let them do that. But we also... Um, give them, you know, uh, what is it called, lotions and um, perfumes, which we generally, just like he was talking about with the pineal gland and uh, um, it being calcified, we try not to um, type of things that we feel like it would not be good for our body. So um, I don't like to have my kids use um, deodorant. Uh, or an anti, I'm sorry, an antiperspirant, because I don't want them to, their sweat glands to not do what they were meant to do. Um, So we usually will use some scented things because nobody wants to stink all the time. Give me a break. But 
Um, so we do fun like lotions and we do perfumes and we let the girls um, wear hair bows and beautiful things um, because we feel like it would be getting ready to um, meet the king. Um, as well as we do um, feasting. Well, right now in the middle of the week, it you know, Babylon makes it difficult for us to do all of the things. But we do like to have the, you know, the foods, the feasting foods, the ones that we like um, for this week. And we like to um, try to have wine or um, beverages that we like on hand. Obviously, we don't drink during the week. We're both professionals, and um, we just don't. <laughs> we actually don't drink a lot anyway. Um, but so we'll have it on hand. And kind of what we do, um, and it says, you know, that the men feast and that the, you know, the women had a feast um, made unto them. And I don't know where I heard this, um, so maybe you could help me out with this speculation, uh, Mark. But there was, um, I thought there was, this is why I like to get to the root of things. So there was this idea, and I don't know if this was something that I imagined up or where it came from, but um, these chambermen or chamber, um, well, let me go in and ex exactly look up what it says. Um, so the king had these um, men who would their chamberlains, that's what they're called, their king's chamberlains, so Bigfin and Teresh, um, and they they kept the door for King Ahasuerus, or no, that was for Mordecai, sorry, now I'm reading too much into this. Um, anyway, so there was a chambermen um, who kept these women, these virgins, they took all of the fair virgins, um, in the land uh, that was a hazardous land, and they brought them to the this home, this nice palace, this home, and they gave them all of the things that they um, wanted to purify themselves and make themselves clean um, and beautiful unto the king. Um, anything that pleased the king, um, but also anything that pleased these maidens. They gave them all the things to help them be beautiful and purified and and be ready to meet the king. They did that for six months, I believe, is what it says um, in the scripture. And um, these men, it said six months. We just read it. Oh, okay. Um, I just can't find the exact scripture now, but we, like, just read it. <laughs> um Anyways, and this was like in from India to Ethiopia, over 107 and 20 provinces, it says. So it, it, he was a huge kingdom. India, all of them, huge kingdom. Anyways, um, so um, I can't find who's, what the name of it was, of the man. Anyways, I was told, my question to you now, sorry to be so spacey, but um, my question to you is, this um, chamberman, Chamberlain, um, Haggai, 
Hegai, the king's chamberlain, was the keeper of the women, okay? He was appointed as that. Um, and I don't know where this came from, but wasn't he a eunuch? <laughs> yes. He was a eunuch. I so. They made sure. But where did I hear that? That the person, it's in the scripture. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So I didn't read that yet. I just was thinking about that that they had to have been eunuchs because they were men and they were with all of these versions. They were the keeper of these versions. And I was thinking, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous women. Um, but they were, they were not with, you know, women for him. They were women for the king. So, you know, they couldn't be touched. Um, so anyways, we, this is what we were just, um, talking about and, and giving, you know, the girls, a background on so that they would understand a little bit more about the story. So we have only done this like what, two years. This is like our third year Uh, and we're not really amazing at doing it, but we're trying to create some sort of tradition. And this year was the first year that we had, I started talking about it with Eliza and with Lydia and with Amberly and, you know, areas. And Eliza said, mom, I think I remember this story. So then I'm like, yay. She kind of remembers yeah. why, which is nice, because it's hard, yeah. and she's only eight. So now it's like, oh, good, the age of accountability, and she's understanding and remembering why we're doing what we're doing. So that was really nice yep. for this mommy heart to hear. <laughs> and we wish that we could uh, go and join with our friends at the Zarahemla Foundation every time. But, you know, we live 100-something miles away from them, and we work you know, and it's hard to be part of all that they're doing. But for people who are closer to Lehigh, Utah, you know, it, it would be easier for them to go and, and you know, be part of those those things and trying to learn those things. They're so much better at it than we are, you know. Um, yeah. But I think that they're important. All of these things are important. So uh, today, the girls got dressed up, and uh, did you guys, I I don't remember this morning very well. I know I was there, <laughs> but I was really tired. Um, didn't you say something about getting dressed up extra nice today? Yeah, um, so they wore dresses, all of the girls did. Um, I did not, I could have, I chose not to, because... I work with little kids, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I didn't really wear a dress, but um, I might tomorrow. I may. I may. I don't know. Um, so we did that. We did bows in their hair. Um, they did bubble bath last night. Tonight they're going to have bath bombs in their bath. And um, <laughs> um, I know one of the days we usually do face masks because the girls like to do that, and I don't mind. Well, um, that's and it's part really of the tradition, Yeah. Yeah, so we're doing, like, face masks. And um, I kind of have outlawed makeup in my home. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure about that one. I mean, I, w- I think it would be fun to, like, paint their eyelashes and stuff, too. But I'm trying to, you know, some mascara. You know, yeah, maybe some mascara. I don't know. But I might do that for the girls tomorrow. Um, but we're just, you know, trying to dress up and dress beautiful. I want to enhance their natural beauty and not make them feel like 
the only way they're pretty is by putting things on them. So also by one painting of the things their that face. <laughs> yeah. So I also hardcore, like really got into it this time in this story was I emphasized the talking about how Esther was loved by everybody, by all of the women, by these Chamberlains, um, and she was accepted and she was well-respected, and not because she was beautiful, but because she was nice. She was a good person. She was liked yeah. by everybody. She got along with people, and not because of the way she looked. So I'm trying to really help the girls to understand that um, she wasn't just loved by the king because she was beautiful. It was her inside beauty that also was appealing to him because she was yep. smart. She was well-written. She was well-versed. She well had all read. of these other things. Yeah, well-read. So she knew all of this other stuff, too. And let's face it, guys, sometimes beauty is not everything. You can have the most beautiful wife, and then you can't stand to have a conversation with her because... Um, she's got nothing going on upstairs, and it makes it really hard. Now, I do understand that there are some men. Yeah, or she's conceited and knows that she's amazing, and everybody should want her, and that's really annoying, too. So um, you you just have to, like, you know, with kids especially, we have to teach them, you know, while they're younger, that beauty is not everything, and beauty is so subjective to whatever and is everybody going on. Everybody what... it. Yeah, you know, when they get older. Well, like the me. physical okay. beauty. So, yeah. They're so, not that old. <laughs> I know. Um, but also, you know, when you have children and when you you give your body to these, to the upbringing of children and families and everything, and it, it you know, it takes a toll on the body. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so we were trying to help them understand that there has to be more than just the way that you look. You have to look at um, the things that you uh, are taught, the things that you know, and, and um, how you, you know, the knowledge. How you interact with, and, and yeah. how, hello, and how you, yep. how you interact with other people is important as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, uh, so we don't have anybody in the studio. Emma, can you refresh the studio just to make sure that what I'm saying is correct? Yeah, he can do that. I'm, I'm right here with him. Go ahead, Emma. Yeah, I have a tablet in the truck where I can see the studio, but I don't like messing with it while I'm driving. So even though I can look at it, um, Emmett usually is the one that takes care of running it for me. Well, and I am just, driving uh, my truck. Yay or nay, give me a thumbs up or no. I'm staring at you. Nobody's on it. Okay. Thumbs sideways, thumbs down, which means he refreshed it. <laughs> Tim's, uh, okay, I'm going to Hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, no no, no one. Okay. So okay. There, there's a fourth okay. caller. Uh, his name is Dad Number Two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have two uh, two phones in the truck, and I've got one of my phones on the stu- in the studio going to the uh, a speaker in the truck that I have uh, that I have in the truck. Anyway, so that when I have to take my headset off uh, to put my hard hat on or whatever, I can still hear what's going on and make sure everything's going good. 
So, yeah, there's uh, four people in the chat room. Two of them are me. One of them is Kim. One of them is Emma from the studio. So, which means we do have six lines available for people to call in if they choose to. But uh, since we're getting so close to the end of the two-hour period that we set aside for these programs, I think we're just going to be done with it today. I don't know how we're going to do tomorrow's program because Kim won't get out, off work till 6, and uh, and then she's got to drive home. So I don't know how that's all going to work. Um, I might pre-record the reading of the chapter if I can, but I just I need to rest. I'm I'm just tired, so I'm always tired. It's so stupid. Anyway, um, I run on caffeine, energy drinks specifically. So that's how I am able to stay uh, alert and my mind is alert, but my body is tired. (laughs) And that has to do with uh, past injuries and uh, being poisoned that uh, I have some issues. Um, And I've had issues for a very long time because of an accident back in 2001 and also being poisoned in 2009 or 2010, I can't remember. It was like the, the winter of 09 or the spring of, of 2010. So anyway, all right, well, uh, I guess we can uh, be done with the program. Any last words, anyone? Um, nope, but you should call me right after because i got to tell you something. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. God bless and goodbye. Emmett, cue the music.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.